Hey everybody and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hey, just before we drop into this episode, I wanted to let you know about another training opportunity we have on the 21st and 28th of September, Limitless Oxygen, in seven locations around the country with some fantastic speakers coming to deliver some training on youth and children's ministry. It's designed for you and the whole of your volunteer team to get some fresh input at the start of the academic year. So so why not go onto the website limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash oxygen, find the location nearest to you, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. In the meantime, enjoy a new episode of the Limitless Leadership Podcast. and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. You've got a, a treat in store for your ears today because I'm sitting with a, with a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Paul Friend. Paul, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, we are actually recording this at Spree Southwest, which you lead. Indeed. Um, and I have had the privilege of being here seven years in a row. Wow, that's and I'm quite thinking a, you must, that a life sentence, actually. <laughs> I, think, I think it I'm might thinking, be. Surely are bored of me now, surely. Um, but keep inviting me back and I gratefully accept the invitation and it's a fantastic event. And I, It's just been amazing, Paul, to see, I don't know, was there like 150, 200 people in a, in a tent the first time yeah. around and, and here we are in, in 2019 and uh, with uh, 1,500, did you say it yeah, was? Yeah. Just amazing to see how you've led that and how it's how it's grown. So anyway, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your uh, your your family. Tell us about how you got into youth ministry, and tell us about what it is that you're doing now, both with local church wise and with uh, okay, Southwest Youth Ministry. So, um, so I'm Paul. I'm married to Joe. Um, we've got two boys: Zach, who is 11, just about to go to secondary, and Charlie, who is eight. Um, and we live in a little village called Woodbury, which is just outside Exeter, um, where we are part of leading a local church, um, it, which kind of serves lots of villages around East Devon that are kind of commutable into Exeter, um, and just passionate about um, equipping people to uh, live missionally where they are, wherever that is, uh, across East Devon. So a church of about 160 adults, something like that. Um, And then we... I guess my main role is heading up SWIM, which is Southwest Youth Ministries, which is basically our vision is that every child and young person across the whole of the Southwest would encounter Jesus, come to know him, and make a choice to live for more. Love that. Live for more is like our tagline, so we use it three ways, really. One, it's a a call to this generation to live for more, Um, kind of John 10.10, life to the full. Then secondly, it's a reminder to us in the organization to not settle for where we are with God, but to be living for more. And then finally, it's a call to local churches to say you can live for more than just maintenance and survival. Right. You can live for community transformation. So, so yeah. And how long have you been part of Southwest Youth Ministries now? So, I joined in 99. So, that means 20 years ago. Um, So, it it all really started. I I was 18 and I did a gap year. I went to um, Zimbabwe with Oasis and just got a flavor of ministry, I guess. Came back, decided not to go to uni. Felt that that wasn't what God wanted me to do. Um, And spent a day up on Exmoor near my home, uh, retreating for a day. And just felt God say the word youth work to me right at the end of the day. Didn't really know at that point much 
much about youth. I'd been doing stuff with my mates, but I didn't really know how to get involved in youth work. And the next day at my local church, the guy who was running Swim at the time came and spoke. And so I said, I think I need to have a conversation. And it kind of went from there, really. And how long have you been the boss <laughs> how, long have you, how long have you been so i took over my predecessor left at the kind of the end of 2004 beginning of 2005 and then i took over then fairly soon after so 14 years now wow so yeah a little wow. while well wow. and tell us about some of the because uh, spree southwest isn't the only thing that you do as, uh, by so, long stretches at southwest youth ministries tell us tell well us so we we kind do. of there's three main things we do the, the first is what we call work on the ground which is working with local churches right across denominations across the southwest who want to make a difference and reach this generation so we work them in lots of different ways do training support advice lots of things like that but then a big thing that we do is place trainee youth or children's workers in local churches around the region reaching out to children and young people discipling children and young people within the church as well um, and those guys who are doing that are also training so we run kind of things from a gap year called be transformed right the way through to degree so we're linked with moreland's college down near bournemouth and we're like a regional center for their um, degree level stuff Stuff. Uh, so a lot of our guys will be with us for one to four years working in local churches and then graduate and step straight into youth pastor, youth minister, children's worker roles, often in the region or beyond, yeah. um, which to me is the thrill of seeing where everyone ends up. So tell me, Paul, what is the what is the thing you love most about your job and what is the thing that if you didn't have to do it, you wouldn't do it in your job? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, the thing I love most about my job is getting to... Um, see a little bit of what God's doing as I travel around meeting church leaders, yeah. youth leaders, and just getting a sense of what God's doing across the Southwest specifically. Um, and I think another highlight for me is, it's just seeing where people end up um, being part of, I guess, part of their formation when they're kind of 18 to 30 and then seeing, you know, we've trained over 600 people now who are now serving wow, all over the world and keeping in touch with, with lots of them and, um, just hearing their stories of, you know, a lifetime of ministry that flown out of the, the early stages of swim. So that would be my, the highlights really makes it worth it. Doesn't it? When you, when you hear those stories of people going on to do things for God. Yeah, yeah. totally totally and then catching up with them and they come and check back in at various points and actually Spree is a great example of where people have trained with us who are now youth children's pastors somewhere in the southwest and come back to Spree and we get to catch up this weekend which is great um, um, do you know about Spree and I, I know we will get back to your worst bit of the job but I am always amazed by I think maybe the reason that you asked me back is because it tends to be that loads of people respond to the gospel when I speak but that doesn't happen everywhere I go Paul <laughs> oh it's like a, it's an it's anointing a spree, it's a spree it? thing <laughs> no it's not it's not me it's, it's spree that's what I'm saying and like you know we just had 64 young people make a first time response to the gospel and I, I, the thing I I just love about spree is it's so gospel focused and just seeing so many young people make a commitment to jesus for the first time mm. that's got to be one of the things that you love and absolutely and, and i guess that the reason it works so well here is it's the it's really the reaping moment yeah. of a whole year or years of relationship building yeah and so there's you know there's group leaders loads of volunteers it's, it's not yeah. all kind of yeah. paid people yeah it's mainly volunteers who are working week in week out running yeah. outreach Heroes. groups absolutely yeah. and um and so for them, you know, to be able to bring their group yeah. and, and then see them respond, but then do that with them and then disciple them yeah. when they go back. That's the beauty, so isn't it? We've, yeah. got, we've got a guy who joined Swim this year who came to Favourite Spree eight years ago. Um, he, a great story. He um, 
basically tough time in care um was angry one day started throwing some stones at a church locally fairly near here um youth worker came out instead of having a go just tried to build a better relationship with him invited him to the youth group started going to the youth group ended up coming to spree gave his life to jesus here was then discipled by a local church and then turned up um, applied to swim because he wanted to now reach out to people like what he was like wow. seven years ago. So that for me is what it's all about. And that impact just from one youth worker who came out of the church building, just sat with a young person, just goes to show you know all, all those youth workers who are listening to us now, just what an important thing it is that they're doing. Absolutely. And you spoke about volunteers and just to say to you, if you're listening and you're a volunteer and maybe you're listening to this while you're driving your car or you're, you're cooking dinner for your kids or you're out for a run or you're just trying to squeeze it in and 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 learn how to do youth ministry but and you're you're volunteering just want to say thank you you're a hero keep doing what you're doing it's important and and it's needed so anyway back to the worst part of your job um oh good question i guess i i i'm not a massive fan of writing trust fund bids but i know i need to do that yeah i'm not a massive fan of being the safeguarding lead but i know i have to do that and so sometimes you get difficult situations inevitably that come up or difficult pastoral conversations but i guess the key the key in all of it is having the big picture and and you know you have to suck up the bits that aren't as much fun to do all the stuff that's amazing exactly, yeah. so, and, yeah. and that's so true of youth work isn't it absolutely all the all the risk assessments you know all the, the forms to fill in yeah, yeah absolutely you see the life of a young person impacted you go it was worth doing all of those over bits for for this, for this moment, moment. Mm. yeah well paul the reason that i've asked you to come on the limitless leadership podcast today is because uh, a, a few months ago i was fortunate enough to hear you do a, a session for some youth ministry leaders uh, about setting culture and creating a healthy culture and it was so good and it was so helpful that I said, Paul, I need you to send me the notes because I, I want to go through that with my staff team at Limitless. And we did that. We, we, we have a monthly staff breakfast with our Limitless staff team. We sat around the table and we went through those, those, those nine things that you said about healthy culture one by one. And we asked, how are we doing in these nine things? And then that uh, highlighted something that we weren't so good at. And so that caused us to do some reading together. We all bought a book about uh, that particular area. And um, we've been reading and discussing that in our, in our staff get-togethers now. And, and actually, uh, the n- next Monday after we're recording this podcast, we'll be continuing that conversation again. So thank you, Paul, because that session has had a lasting impact on, on my Great. staff team. Brilliant. And I think it's so applicable, not just for youth ministry leaders who are, who are, who are leading ministries, but local church youth leaders as well definitely about creating a healthy culture in their teams Mm -hmm. volunteers among their young people and so you gave us nine points and because it was such good stuff we're going to talk about this over two episodes so we can give it a good time we're going to do four the first four in this episode we're going to do the 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 the, the latter five in the next episode and the, the first the first bit about creating a healthy culture in fact you know before i ask you that let me ask you to define culture for us. When we talk about healthy culture, specifically in youth ministry, what, what does that mean? 
I think for for me, um, it's all about creating the the atmosphere and the values around which you're doing what you're doing. So when I took over leading the team, one of the first things we did is went, what are our values as a team? Yeah. We, we looked at what our vision was, what we wanted to do. And then we said the most important thing actually behind the vision is actually how are we going to do it and yeah. who are we going to be as people yeah. as we go after this vision? Because we can be the most visionary people in the world, but it can all fall. The main reason stuff falls apart is because the values aren't set right um, and the team culture isn't right so for me it's all about um, setting culture really is about everything from how we respond in situations to how we speak to one another to um, just the the kind of culture the atmosphere that we create as as a team of volunteers as a team whatever your team is it's how you create that atmosphere whatever that is that you are going after um, to make it a positive healthy atmosphere a healthy culture Uh, and I I have to say that when when we start using words like values and, and, and vision and stuff like that the concern is i think maybe for some of our listeners is that it sounds to, it starts to sound a bit like business speak sure but i have to say we, we've been through that that same process so i would define kind of mission as what you do vision as where you're going and values as who you are yeah, yeah. it's your culture it's your personality um, and we've been through that same process with our limitless leadership team and i cannot overemphasize how helpful it's been Hmm. because now the conversations that we have when we're making decisions about things or being creative or trying to progress in areas and having meetings are values-based discussions and they they serve as a framework for how we make decisions and and i cannot overemphasize how how helpful that's been Mm, so so i I would just want to encourage our listeners not 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 to not to bat this stuff away because it sounds too businessy. It's 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 not it's not businessy. It's about health, isn't it? It's Absolutely. about grow, healthy things grow, and health is about your culture and, and all of that. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, so great. the first one, then, Paul, the first uh, hallmark, I guess, of creating a healthy culture or setting a healthy culture is releasing, not controlling. Tell us what that means. I, I guess for me, that's all about creating a culture in our team, volunteers-wise, where we're not precious about people or things, but we're we're willing to hold everything lightly. So I, I would use an illustration of in any area of life, if we're if we're controlling or trying to hold on to something, it's like we've got a clenched fist, and we're like, if, if you clench your fist and hold it really tight, you feel the the strain, you feel the muscles pulling. Um, but when you release, it's like there's a release of tension, and suddenly, you know, whether that's before god or before others you're holding things lightly it can be taken away and something else can be put in its place mm. um and actually for for t- often I, I think within youth ministry um we can be precious particularly about volunteers because getting enough volunteers is difficult we don't want to give people a break because what if they never come back or mm. um how do we manage all of that um and so we can be like no you're not allowed to leave <laughs> um and uh, instead of going you know what why actually it would be really good for you to if you're if you're feeling like right now you're you're not in the zone or you're you've lost your vision and passion for it have some time out but let's have a time when we reconnect and see if you want to connect back in but it's totally up to you you are free to make the decision you know obviously you want to envision them and all the rest of it but not holding on to people in such a way that you're trying to control them because actually what ends up happening is you you end up having a controlling environment where people don't feel released to serve released to try new things it all ends up coming back to you actually instead of you when you release you basically release um potential you release um motivation opportunity for yeah. people to try new things yeah. so for me it's all about um having a culture where 
where if someone if someone's moving on, we celebrate them, we release them, we bless them to go. Yeah. Um, we don't try and hold on to them. And that's the kind of environment you want to work in, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and that that kind of environment, you know. Uh, perhaps counterintuitively, that kind of culture creates loyalty, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. It really does. Which is, uh, but it's. I guess it's just our. It's fear that kind of leads us to yeah. um, to want to hold on to stuff. It's it's fear of, uh, and and you know, uh, as always, a lot of this stuff comes back to trusting yeah. in God. Actually, because if you're trusting in God for your volunteers and you know He'll provide what you need, yeah. then when your best one needs to step off because they're moving away. You you praise God for that and yeah. trust God to provide somebody new. Yeah. Whereas, what if we live in fear, we end up, um, you know, in a place of anxiety around. Ah, we're not going to have enough volunteers. We're going to have to shut this club instead of yeah. having a releasing, uh, trusting position. Yeah. So let's continue to to anchor this one kind of deeply in in local church youth ministry. Then for for our listeners, what does you've touched on some of it surrounding volunteers and teams and stuff, but what does releasing, not controlling look like when we're working with, with young people? I guess um, very simply it's, it's allowing them to, um, to be part of dictating the agenda. So instead of going, we are doing this, to young people, um, involving them in the conversation and actually not trying. Often we can we can get personally invested in a relationship with a young person or personally, you know, often we can be worried about numbers and we can get caught up in that whole thing. Oh, we've got 30 coming along to our group. Um, I heard a story the other day of, of someone who was like, I feel feeling really low about the fact we've only got um, 10 coming to this youth group and we're, we're really disheartened. And then actually they had loads of stories come back from those young people who a number of them were on the spectrum and actually if there had been a bigger group they would not have been able to cope um and so we often get into a numbers culture instead of going actually we we want the young people to to choose to engage as much or as little as they want and we shouldn't be trying to control that or manipulate that in any way um but instead we we want to create a healthy culture we want to create somewhere which is safe where they can choose to participate enter in um but where we're not trying to control them control their kind of spiritual journey even um but where we're giving space and we're we're releasing them to encounter god for themselves um because actually if we control when they move on to the next stage when they move out of youth ministry stuff if if it's always been controlled by others for them they're never going to own it properly themselves so i think there's loads to be thought about around how we create a culture even with our unchurched young people as well as churched uh, around releasing them to own their faith rather than to be spoon-fed or us trying to control the environment around them yeah releasing or controlling doesn't mean in youth ministry context or organizational health culture context it doesn't mean everybody does whatever they want however totally. they want to do it no totally so how where's the balance where's there? the balance I think, and, and, and where where do we say where do we say this is how we do because part of healthy culture is that there is a culture absolutely. and culture is this is how we do things around here exactly and if you don't like that this is probably not for you exactly so, so how do we find that balance? i think where that, that's where again coming back to vision is really important in terms of you know this is what we're about this is what we're going after this is this is our values you know wh- whether you have values up on a wall in terms of how you do that in your youth group or whatever it might look like um but having your your kind of marker this is what we're about and this is what we won't compromise on so you know whatever that whether that's around behavior whether that's around faith development or whatever it might be um and then 
you know, holding to those, but not, um, but I guess with, with young people, then giving them the choice to, to enter into that or to step out. Yeah. Um, not trying to manipulate that situation, but um, working with those who who are up for the vision that you've got and yeah. going after that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay, so number one is releasing, not controlling. Uh, the second hallmark of a healthy culture, and I really love this, this is fantastic, is fighting self-interest. Tell us about that. I, I think the reason why this one's important to me is because... I've just been to loads of gatherings of youth leaders where it felt like everyone was competing. Like you turned up to a lunch or a breakfast or a meeting and it was like, how's your youth work going? Oh, I've got this many people. I've got this many people. And even though it might have started out of a good place of wanting to be encouraging, we can start to let it affect our, our how we view success yeah. or how we our identity um, and whether we're doing a good job or not. Um, and I, I think that's just very dangerous. Mm. Uh, and so within Swim, one thing that I, I've been really passionate about as a culture is that we, we talk about preferring one another a lot of the time. Uh, and what we mean by that is having a culture where instead of I need to watch my own back because everyone's looking out for themselves, mm. we all watch each other's back. So I don't have to watch mine because you've got mine. I'm watching Great. your back. Um, and that that releases that whole competitiveness um, because it doesn't matter. Like if you're having a tough time, then we're going to pray for you and we're for you and we're going to be fighting for you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if, uh, if you're having a great time, we're going to celebrate with you. Mm. So I think that for me, the the danger with this self-interest one is is really about it all becoming about us mm. um and this is this is all gods and he's what a privilege it is we get a partner with him yeah. in his mission to young people so, so good. it needs to not be about us at all so whatever we can do to make sure as a team and some of that is actually about vulnerability it's about going you know when you gather together as a team i've had a i've had a shocking week um you know this has happened that's happened can you pray for me and um to help me be in the zone for this evening yeah uh, it might be um you know i'm going to this meeting with the church down the road and i really want to serve them not for them to be competitive with us can can we pray that something fruitful will come out of this where we can serve them rather than thinking what are they going to give us yeah so good just practical things like that that make help us to humble ourselves really that's what it's about yeah. isn't it and to prefer others yeah. rather than any of our youth ministry being about us consider one another's above yourselves absolutely, absolutely. That, that's that's who we're called to be isn't exactly. it as followers of jesus but what i love about this is is the phrase fighting yeah. because you do have to fight it oh, absolutely. because the, the, the self self-interest is inherently part of our sinful nature isn't it yeah, we're yeah. inherently it. selfish people so how do we fight it if there's if there's like selfish ambition in us mm -hmm. How do we come against it? I think for me, it's um, it's got to be about talking about it a lot. So with Instagram, every year, we put it under a different guise every year, but every year we have a conference that is all about this because we, we recognize over the years, if we don't have a week, at, like, so we have six weeks away, if one of those is not on preferring one another or humility or something like that, you, it starts to bubble up. Yeah. Um, so we're like, we have to hit this hard. So we have to, we spend time talking about it at that conference, but actually it's more in all of our conversations as a team, we make sure that we, that, 
that if this is starting to bubble in any of us, we have full permission to pull each other, you know, to to correct, to encourage one another. Um, to me, it's about it's all about talking um, and making it high on the agenda that this is not about us. Yeah, and that can even be on your Thursday night youth group when all your leaders turn up yeah. going, remember, this is not about you. This is not about your popularity with young people. There's no competitiveness going on here. This is about just reminding us what it's about and our mm. position within it. And then that frees us to serve. So if that's how you fight it in the culture of your youth ministry or organization or whatever your leadership context is, how do you fight it in yourself? Lots of prayer, I think. Yeah. Lots of prayer. Um I think for me, you know, there was a, a few years ago, there was a, an organization that popped up very near to us. that was very similar to us. Um, and uh, I think I shared this story when we were together where I, I had a phone call from someone. They were like, man, your organization's better than theirs. You're this, you're that. And I could tell very qu- early in the conversation, I realized they were, they were trying to boost my ego and suck up, <laughs> suck up a little bit, which is, you know, that's fine. Um, but um, I said, you know, my, my decision is to, to every day pray for this organization, to pray that for their blessing, to pray that they would grow, to pray that they would go further than us, that they would have a bigger impact than us. Um, and the person on the end of the phone said, oh, you're so holy. And I went, no, I'm really not. The reason I, <laughs> yeah, the reason yeah, I have yeah. to pray this every day is because yeah. if I don't, I, a competitiveness rises up yeah. within me. And I'm like, how can we, what, how can we, you know, who do I need to meet so that we can get to that and, yeah. uh, before they do? Um, so if I'm praying that every day, it starts to affect my actions and my thoughts. Because the, the mouth proceeds the heart doesn't absolutely it? And, and when you begin to declare those things and can consistently continually pray those things they slowly begin to become a reality w- within you absolutely uh, i've developed this habit over the last number of years of um i will pray the same thing every time before i uh, before i uh, get up to preach i did it this morning you know kneeling at the foot of my bed for jesus i do it every time and and i say to god god i pray today through through what I bring, that your church would be encouraged and your kingdom would be built and that, that you'd be pleased by this offering of worship. And any motivation in me that's not for that, would you forgive me of that, Lord God? Would you change my heart? May this all be about your glory. And I pray, I, I pray something to that effect every time before I speak because I'm trying to fight that yeah, self-interest. Absolutely. And, and, and because the mouth precedes the heart. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, it, it only comes from that place of prayer. It only comes from the transforming work of the holy spirit in our lives which only comes in his presence doesn't mm. it so i think just to go add to that then I, I, the only thing i would add is accountability around that yes good. so then having like two or three close friends yeah. who you go this this has happened over here i'm feeling competitive yeah. i'm praying every day can you pray for me but can you yeah. also ask every week when you see me or can you phone me every week and say how are you doing with that yeah so that it's because i'll get lazy or i'll you know, I'll have a competitive day and then I'll lose it. And so having that accountability alongside it, I think is really key. Brilliant. Brilliant. So we've got releasing, not controlling, fighting self-interest. And thirdly, healthy culture is about kingdom, not empire. What does that mean? To me, that links to the last one quite a lot. Inter- but it's it's really all about, we're not trying to build an empire where we are. We're not trying to make ourselves the best, but it's all about, it's about God's kingdom. It's about getting the bigger picture. Uh, I think this can be particularly tricky in local church settings because we're wanting to grow our local church, which is a good thing. Um, and we wanted to see people come to know Jesus. We wanted to, you know, 
see growth. Um, but what that can often mean is, well, it's easier sometimes to partner with local churches that are a bit further away that aren't close. <laughs> but when it's actually in your town or in your village or in your city, and it's the churches right around you who've got the same kind of interest group, people group addresses that they're trying to reach, to actually go, no, this is about God's kingdom. And actually, if yeah, I, I, often, I always say to our swim trainees when they start, I do a talk on, on aiming high. Um, and I say, what, what if in this, in this year, in these four years, what if, if God's best for your community is that the church down the road grows? That's such a good, what, such a good question. If, if, if your youth group, do, do, will, will you be able to cope with all that comes your way if your youth group shrinks, yeah. if your youth group struggles but the one down the road flourishes and thrives will you be able to celebrate that in the light of your own shrinking yeah because that's what kingdom really is yeah um often we think kingdom is when my thing's growing yeah because god's kingdom's coming here so good but what about god's kingdom across the whole globe and and right next door yeah um and be encouraging and blessing that and like as a local church we run a fun day just did it a few weeks ago with our local anglican church in our village just a small village only two churches um the other church is quite small and elderly so they haven't got as much to bring resource wise um and every year they uh, some of our church will say to me oh should we just do it ourselves this will be loads easier we don't have to have all these meetings planning and all the rest of it and I go, no, I, I don't care if they don't do anything because this is, we're saying this is the gift to the village on behalf of the church. Amazing. Um, so I don't care whether whether they get all the glory and we do all the work because this is about kingdom. It's not love about that. us. Love that. So love that's that. for me what that's all about. Yeah. And well, I think I'm just reminded as you're talking of the scripture says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I, and I think that when another youth ministry or a church or, or organization or whatever it is in our, in our context has great successes and in our heart we feel disappointed or jealous mm-hmm. that's a sign that something's wrong isn't Absolutely. it um and i think a sign that something is right is when um i hear another youth ministry loads of people became christians and i celebrate that as much as I celebrate it, if it's at Limitless Festival, exactly. Because what's not important is the event that they're giving their lives to Jesus to, or are attending. What's important is that they've given their lives to Jesus. That's, Absolutely, that's what the kingdom is, and that's mm. why we're here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, I, you, you, I think, I think those little that you have, there's a signals, mm. isn't there, within you where you know you're more empire than kingdom, or you know you're more kingdom than empire. Yeah, How does yeah. it work though with? So South West Youth Ministries has a brand. Spree has a brand. Sure. Limitless has a brand. Our, our listeners, their their youth group will probably have a, a have a youth group name, and we can utilize those things to kind of create a, a sense of community. But how do we know when we've gone too far? Too far. And we're we're, we're more bought into the brand of our ministry than we are bought into the to the Jesus brand, mm. the church brand, the kingdom brand. I think for yeah. for me personally, how I try and counteract the brand because branding is really helpful yeah um it helps people identify with something to belong to something it, it you know it's it's neutral in loads of different ways i think for me is not holding on to that too uh, preciously and a big way that i that i try and do that is by partnering with other people it's not all about my brand it's not all about my event uh, but how can we how as an event or how as an organization can we partner together and 
and often again to to kind of counteract the self-interest thing not just the danger is we go for partnership where we will get something back Mm. um and we only go into it when what we get back is good we go in for a business exchange um and that can be good and that can grow stuff and it can enable more stuff to happen but actually when i love it is when someone comes open-handed to the table and goes i want to bless what you're doing what can we do to bless you and how so, can we encourage you? And then out of that, they might go, well, if you do, you know, we'd love to bless you too. And so we'd love to do this and that and the other, but not going into it going, I want to get this deal or I want to make this happen so that it blesses me, but going, how can I bless them? Um, and if not, if they, if they're not in a capacity to bring blessing back, that's fine because this is kingdom. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to bless whatever God's doing, wherever that is. Um, so to intentionally going after partnership for me is a, it's a big counteract to that it's all about us yeah uh, and some of it's about again communication and talking so and language so we talk deliberately talk in the southwest you know there's there's not loads of youth ministry organizations across the southwest doing stuff but we just recognize that we're just a tiny tiny bit of what god's doing amongst yeah. children and young people in the southwest and so we talk about it in those terms yeah. so we don't go we are it yeah. but we go like we're the smallest thing yeah. part of the big thing that god's doing yeah and so that's why we want to partner with other people because we want to get involved in what god's doing all over the place yeah. but it's not about it's not about us or our branding we're a tiny little yeah. thing that's happening yeah we want to create, you know, create an environment and a place to belong within our, you know, within our yeah. organisation. But it's not about that. It's the yeah. big picture that's important. Yeah, so good. Nobody ever gets a monopoly on a move of God, do they? Exactly. And God, God will always he'll move he'll, he'll move on if yeah. we if we take, yeah. yeah exactly. He'll always move through multiple ministries, multiple churches, multiple leaders, multiple group youth groups. It's it's never going to be all about one one church, one brand, one ministry and it's never going to be that and so the quicker we can get our heads around that the better isn't it love that kingdom not empire and then finally for this episode paul and and this is the one where all of our listening leaders will go yeah we know this but it's easier said than done (laughs) is modeling rest yeah a big one and i think one that we particularly as Christians in ministry or as volunteers, it's really hard to do this, particularly, you know, often youth ministry where we're either doing it when we're young, we've got loads of energy and we're going for it. Or when we've got kids, it can be even more challenging mm-hmm. to try, like, how do you rest <laughs> when you've got kids? Uh, Cause sometimes going to work is a rest rather than being at home. Um, so it's a, it's a really tough area, but I think for me as leaders, if we're modeling, burnout it's on us if other people in our teams burn out yeah because they've just watched us model it yeah um so to me it's all about how do i model how do i for my own spiritual emotional mental health yeah how do i rest well yeah uh, and that's about you know good sabbath rhythms yeah. it's about good days off it's about taking toil when you've done extra stuff um and i know that's if you're a volunteer that can be really difficult because yeah. like people who are here this weekend they'll be at work on monday i'm exactly. in ministry i've got yeah. i've booked off monday and tuesday off because i've been here all weekend some people can't do that yeah. so so i think then that's about really diary management around how do you put things around the next weekend and yeah. different things to give space for family for space with god yeah. all of those kind of things um 
if, if you're in ministry, though, that you've got, in some senses, an advantage of, you know, stuff like weekend stuff is is work. And so th- then there is opportunity to take it at, at other points. But there's always so many exciting things to do. There's yeah, like yeah. so much cool stuff. There's so yeah. much that we want to do. If you're a visionary person, there's so much you want to go after and you need to keep your team going. You need to keep going yourself. But the truth is, if we're not rested, we're not effective. Yeah. And you can't we, give what you haven't got. Exactly. You? And you start, it starts to be about you because you think that it's, that it's you that's doing it because if I can't rest because it needs to get done. Well, that's a good challenge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think in a talk a while ago, I I was talking about how you know we often model and say that we we need to model people who are passionate about uh, uh, about God, but what we actually model is we're passionate about work, oh. and so oh. uh, uh, so they don't you know we 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 talk the talk, but actually if people looked at our lives, they wouldn't see rest. Uh, and particularly when we're involved in church leadership, you know, some, if you think Sunday is your Sabbath and you're work, you're, you're working all day, yeah, it's not a Sabbath. Like it, your Sabbath needs to be somewhere else. Yeah, that's your given work, working serving day. Yeah. So, so yeah, for me, it's about modelling that. It's about you know, in our organisation, that means it's open diary. Everyone can see our diaries on team. That means if they go, if people want to see where I am on Monday or Tuesday, they'll see it says day off, yeah. um, and that's then about healthy culture around emails and and social media, perhaps as well. In terms of you know, if I'm on my day off, oh, I just, shall I send a quick what quick email? I often think about the creation and go God's day of rest. He didn't go. Oh, I, I forgot to make a this giraffe. animal. <laughs> yeah. I'll just quickly do it now. Yeah. He he had a day of rest. Yeah. Um, and so that's a good one. So we need yeah. to. I think. I, I, it's easy to get blurred edges. Yeah. So I think we, you know, with all the best intentions, we're all going to fail at this sometime. So let's yeah. not beat ourselves up, but let's have an intention that yes, we're going after resting well. Yeah. Talk to us about some of your rhythms then, then Paul, and how, how you make this work in, in your busy life, family, leading a church, leading a ministry. You got a lot on. So what are the, what, where are the boundaries? What are the rhythms for you that, that help you? Uh, my wife is amazing and she's pretty ruthless with me, which is <laughs> really good because if she wasn't, I think I would struggle more. Yeah. Um, when we first got married, she said to me, um, you get in the door at six. Um, not in a kind of controlling way, but in a, I need to know when you're going to get back. And I don't, I, I know you've got the capacity to go, Oh, I just need to make this call. I just need to do that. Yeah. Um, and then it's slide. Mm. So I knew from the outset, right, we're going to eat at six together. That's what we do. We get back at, that's when I stop. Yeah. So um, because of situations now, things have changed. I always, I finish at half five wherever I am. If I'm, um, if I'm out and about, I'll get, I'll make sure if I'm traveling that I get back for then more often than not. Um, it's about then when I'm at home, evening stuff, you know, so, you know, there's meetings, there's different things, but when trying to not be constantly on email and all that kind of stuff, when I'm relaxing. Um, so for me, I'm big sports fans. So sport is how I chill out. Yeah. It's how I switch off. I guess it's my escapism slash yeah. passion. Yeah. Um, and so, um, we made a decision a while ago that we'd get Sky Sports because it was the main way that I rested. And so yeah. we sacrificed other things so I could get that. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll come in from a meet- a church meeting and I'm the kind of person if I go straight to bed, 
that's like a mistake because yeah. I'll then be in bed thinking for three hours or something. Yeah, Whereas if I, if I sit and watch some mindless cricket or something for yeah. half an hour, then I can go to bed and I'll sleep. Yeah. Um, so some of it's just little things like that, like learning how you switch off yeah. uh, learn, and, and being disciplined around your phone, around laptop, um, emails, stuff coming yeah. in. Um, and there are busier seasons. And you know, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, it is always like this, yeah. but trying to have those reasons and, and then just toil stuff and yeah. have, and for me, this is about modeling and, you know, some of my team will probably say I'm good at this. Some will probably say he's good at it sometimes and he needs to keep working at it because yeah. I'm busy. Um, but I'd like to think most of them say, yeah, Paul takes his toil when like, so I've booked off Monday, Tuesday, straight after this, I won't be doing anything those two days. Um, Joe's put the two days off, so we'll be together. Yeah. And, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it for me is diary management yeah. and actually not letting my diary run me, yeah. but running my diary. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I like that a lot. I, I think I'm learning that it, you, you have to discover what, what it is that really replenishes you because th- there is a difference between stopping and resting. Absolutely. And, and sometimes the things that we do to relax aren't giving us true rest. No. And learning to to understand what what are the things that are actually going to fill me up again? Because, mm. like we were saying earlier, you, you can't give what you don't have, mm. and and you know for you that's sport. So, so yeah, I, I think you know if, if you've ever had that day where you sat in your pajamas all day and watched Netflix and felt worse at the end of it, you understand this principle. So, I found for me, for example, that running, though it is a in some senses very much an energy depleting thing because you are expending a great deal of energy. I really that really helps me to rest because I don't know it's the endorphins mm-hmm. I just feel the the pressures lift mm-hmm. from from me I I, I feel better mm-hmm. for having done it helps my mental fitness as well I guess to to do that and it's a bit counterintuitive that running is resting but for me mm-hmm. it, it is whereas sitting down and you know watching the, the latest cops chase program on you know E or whatever it is I I actually find that doesn't help me to. Mm-hmm. To, it doesn't help me to rest because mm. I'm still thinking about work. I might be watching it, but I'm still, you know, yeah, so it's yeah. finding those things that really fill you up, isn't mm. it? The people who fill you up, mm. the places that mm. restore you, uh, I heard the so, practices. I heard someone say once, it's, it's about finding things where you're recreating. So yeah. it's like it, there's, there's space for you to be creative, um, not in a work sense, but yeah. in, a, in, in any other sense. So like, I... I um, you know, if you're sitting watching, you're not being creative. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with sitting watching, and yeah. lots of people, that's a really great way to relax. Yeah. But I think if, like for me, there'll be a bit of that with sport, but if I just sat and watched sport all day, I wouldn't feel refreshed. If yeah. I sat and watched it for a bit, went for a run, did some painting, did, you know, yeah. um, it even sometimes, weirdly, because I quite like a tidy house, uh, doing some tidying and stuff like that helps me to rest. So yeah. I, I'm the kind of, we have a bit of banter in, in our house where if Joe does most of the cooking, because I'm pretty shocking. Um, so it's my job to make everything clean and tidy. And I enjoy that. Um, but if Joe was on her own, I'm away here, she'll cook and she'll just leave everything until just before she goes to bed and then she'll clear up. I can't relax until it's clear. So <laughs> I'm, the same as you. I'm like, as soon as it's done, I'm on it. Yeah. And then once it's done, I can relax for the evening. Um, and so some of it's just learning who we are and how we relax. Mate, sometimes I'll cook and then clean up 
before I eat what I've cooked. <laughs> have to microwave it. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Amazing. But I, I, and you know, the thing I, I, I wouldn't want people to take away from, from this point about modeling rest is what we don't want people to hear is that work is bad and rest is good. Totally. That's not what we're saying, no. is it? Um, work is a, is a creation thing. Yeah, absolutely. Work is a, is not a post fall thing. No. Uh, it's a pre fall thing. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's part of being human, isn't it? And it's mm. part of being made in the image of God Absolutely. that we work, but we can't only work. Yeah. We can't only rest. Mm. And it's that it's that rhythm, isn't it? Of of. And I think that if in ministry as well, we've 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 had lots of models of perhaps this not being done well. Yeah. In the past, where we've seen people burn out, we've yeah. seen people, um, you know, just struggle in lots of different ways because they couldn't stop. Yeah. Um, and so learning to stop and rest and sabbath which doesn't mean doing what you please it means making god the focus of your time right yeah um that if we can set that as a rhythm then we set ourselves up for a lifetime of ministry doing the marathon not the sprint that's good yeah and i think learning to say no that's huge huge, isn't it Mm. because every time we say yes to something we we do say no to something else Mm. and usually the thing we say no to is not existing ministry or youth Mm. work it's to our family our our replenishment time absolutely and and so learning how to say no to good opportunities Mm. because we have to protect those spaces because that's what god did Mm. Um, fantastic well paul this has been uh incredibly helpful and insightful episode i can't wait to get into the remaining five hallmarks of a healthy culture just as we finish remind us just headlines of those those first four hallmarks so releasing not controlling having that culture where we where we're open-handed uh, fighting self-interest where it's not about us and what we're doing but it's it's about serving and preferring one another kingdom not empire where it's not it's not about us and our brand our church our youth thing but it's about what's god doing kingdom wise across our 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 area and then finally modeling rest well uh individually for for ourselves so that our teams do that too wonderful uh i look forward to speaking next time thanks so much for listening to the limitless leadership podcast we'd love it if you could stay in touch with us via our social channels snapchat instagram youtube facebook and twitter all at limitless elim don't forget to share rate and review this episode to help more youth leaders connect with it and we look forward to seeing you next time on the limitless leadership podcast